This is Baseline, a podcast about baseball for people who know nothing about baseball. I'm Kyle. And I'm Andrew. I don't know. Why, am I supposed to say that we know? <laughs> now, now is where we just sort of like, we feel it out. We see what, what makes mm. sense here. I okay. guess you kind of okay. know some baseball. We are starting to learn baseball. But if you, the listener, are not familiar with baseball, this podcast is for you. Yes. I think that's kind of it. Right. Imagine us. Imagine in your head, uh, into your mind palace, theater of the mind. Um, we're all sitting yes, in a hello. circle. We're all sitting in a circle. We're sitting crisscross applesauce. Um, we're on one of those um, rugs that is like a little road in town or whatever that, you know, little kids play on with c- little cars. So sure. we're in, yep. you know, we're in like a preschool classroom. We're sitting in a circle and we're today we're going to learn about baseball. Okay. Uh, I feel like I need some, I'm, I'm, I came unprepared, honestly, Andrew, like I, I don't have any. Do you need some juice? I don't need any juice. You mean, sorry, uh, performance enhancing drugs. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yes. Kids, it's time for us to talk about PEDs. Um, we're. <laughs> Hang on, let me turn I, my chair I, around. Kids, yeah. let's, let's, let's get real for a second. Steroids. Not even once. Should they be in the Hall of Fame? Maybe. Mm. I mean, we could. Mm, mm. Mm. That that seems like a much. I mean, even for you to know a, about sort of the the roid rage of the early aughts, I, I feel like is common baseball knowledge. But it's almost like it's it's kind of rare to hear about these days. At least in baseball, right? You you right. do hear some players getting suspended for fifty games or so, but you don't really see much anymore you aren't getting these gigantic scandals or uh big old question marks about whether or not somebody should be admitted into the hall of fame or not yeah yeah it's kind of interesting i don't know there's a hot take somewhere in there about letting people who have done steroids into the hall of fame but not letting pete rose in right some there yeah okay we'll I save mean, that fair. for <laughs> <laughs> not sure I, that's the other podcast honestly uh good yeah. stuff dot fm slash no idea you guys are uh getting into some some hot topics i think we are spicy it's uh it's andrew's other show so uh go ch- go check it out good stuff dot fm it is my other show go check it out unless you uh don't want to fair content content warning for I guess politics ideas that you're not, yeah, uh, you don't don't conform to the heterodox. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm gonna get into boy. That's a grandma playing the drums. I'm gonna get into an ESPN.com article mm-hmm. uh, that says Davis is O for forty four, closing in on the futility mark. Um, is that an official, is that like a scientific term, futility mark? Uh, or is that just, there's got it. Someone at the AP thought that was interesting to put in the headline. Um, I don't know. That's not a term I'm personally familiar with. <laughs> it seems like it should be a sort of sabermetric sort of thing. Like he's past the futility mark. So we got to trade him. <laughs> there should be like a clause in their contract where it's like, if you go O for 50, we instantly get to void your contract and you no longer play for us or something right like right you immediately drop down to the lowest of the minor league <laughs> i mean and and to see that this player hasn't been sent back is sort of wild so just rolling everything back over 44 means that this person 
is hitless in 44 at-bats this season. Right. They have they have not yet managed to hit a baseball or at least, you know, <laughs> in a in a in a way that qualifies. In correct, in a way that qualifies. So they might have fouled plenty of times, but they haven't hit the ball in such a way to get them to a base. Yes, that is that is correct. So in this I guess they are 0 for 23 with 13 strikeouts this season and hitless in 44 at-bats. So when you think about it, it's like the quality at-bats part is, you know, you're trying to at least put the ball in play or you're trying to get a walk or whatever, but a walk is not going to count for anything. So that's why there's the discrepancy between the 0 and 23 and the 0 and 44. 44 is just the number of times he's been up, but 23 is like, okay, these are are at-bats that qualify. Mm-hmm. So, this is sort of, I, I guess, I, I'm curious to know, like, watching this, let's say this was a player on your team, right? The Reds, yes, a bit of follow-up. Very well could be. <laughs> it very well could be. Did, I mean, they had the least number of attendees at a game that they have ever had this the season. The lowest attendees I, ever at their current ballpark. Which goes back to 2003, I think. Which is pretty rough. I mean, honestly, like yeah. it, that kind of ties in with what we talked about last episode with the ticket prices and everything. And yeah, oh, for sure, it's a low point. But like, let's but imagine. Yeah, it's, you know, people, they've made it. This is the thing is that um, baseball, you know, is so expensive to go watch that if your team is no good, it's just not worthwhile. Like to spend all that money and watch what the Reds do is not does not feel like a worthwhile use of time and money. So people don't. Right. Well, and and it's not also like all of the Orioles players are going over 44 right now and you know that every single team is getting a no. <laughs> well, to be frank, they're also not doing that well. <laughs> uh they did lose to the Yankees 15 to 3. So they're Ooh. they're getting uh, yeah, beat up a little bit, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um but this is this is a near record breaking streak. The only streak that is longer uh, was with Eugenio Velez of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So any any chance I can get to dig at the Dodgers, fine by me. Went hitless in his final forty six at bats in the twenty eleven season, um, which was one more than the previous from Pittsburgh in nineteen oh nine, etc. So um, th- this fella is <laughs> on his way to making the record books in the worst possible way. But yeah. that's kind of what I love about baseball. They capture every stat. And whether it's great, right. good, bad, strange, whatever, these really odd statistics point to someone's done this before. Someone's absolutely done this before and done worse. I love that we're like tracking this in a way, though, that kind of... I don't know. Am I rooting for him or or am I rooting against him? Like, I don't know what to do in this scenario. Yeah, I feel kind of sorry for him. But on the other hand, he's being kept around. And I think that that must mean he has at least some redeeming quality, maybe as a fielder. Like, he's a first baseman. Maybe he's a good first baseman, you know. He catches. Maybe he's good at catching the ball, but he's not so good at hitting the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and I, I mean, when you put him up against other first basemans in similar situations. You're, you've got your Albert Pujols. You've got 
Brandon Belt's coming back. I mean, he's hitting okay now, but he was fielding very poorly and also hitting very poorly, at least in the games so far this year. Giants, by the way, yes, we're talking about a player that is over 44, but Giants right now are like two and seven, and it's killing me. This is this is like it makes it almost not fun to watch these days. And I know that every game is like a new game, but ah, it's, there's some sort of carryover from the bad vibes, especially like you play the Dodgers, you don't get swept, but you don't take the series. And then you play the Rays, which you haven't played in there in Oracle Park now or AT&T Park since 2002. And it's Evan Longoria's old team. And like there, there's a lot of significance around this and you just get your butt handed to you. So like I'm, I'm in a weird spot with the giants where I'm like, I don't even really want to watch. I'll put it in the background as like sort of noise or entertainment when I am able to pay attention. But otherwise uh, I'm glad it's like a day off today. Like I'm, I'm glad I'm not watching. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with the Reds. They're currently one and eight, and that one win was the opening day game. So they've been, <laughs> you know, they've lost eight straight games. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just not super fun to watch. I watched them lose the other day. It was, yeah, not, not great. And this isn't reinforcing, you know, great baseball skills for you either. Like you're not necessarily learning. Well, yes, my, my dad happen? inquired if I'd considered caring about the Tigers instead of the Reds. <laughs> and, and it was what, like, I a, guess it was one of those. It's like, now, have you considered? <laughs> it was like, yeah, come in, sit down. I have an important question. Well, for you. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you do. I mean, you kind of start feeling that way. Like, should I just turn on other games? Should I start watching other stuff? Or, you know, do I watch for two innings and then. Once they're down by six, you're just kind of like, well, mm, all right, that was that was good. Let's let's yeah. go make dinner or something. Right. I mean, at least I don't feel like I'm missing a whole lot. That's true. So if you so don't there's if, that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you're not able to, to catch a game, it's not that big a deal. You right. can kind of just or if you watch, you know, especially if they lose. Right. It's it's almost like, OK, not going to waste my time watching the entirety of a game that they're going to lose if they're down. I just won't turn it on. I'll, I'll watch like the, the sports center recap of it and see what they, I don't know, see how they did. I guess maybe they got a hit or the recap is sort of an MLB recap. So it's like showing the hits from both teams that, that did well. I, I've never really been like a web gems kind of guy where I'll go and watch the, you know, best plays of the week in MLB. I just don't like out of context. They seem useless to me. It's like the, I don't know, Snapchatification of Major League Baseball compressed into three-second clips. It just mm -hmm. doesn't entice me. That's not really what I like about the game. Yeah. And so, like, trying to watch a, a full baseball game like that just seems, um, it's it's just not fun for, for me to watch. I did, though, actually rolling back all the way to the series between the Mariners and the A's to open up the season— there was an during the day, there was a replay on ESPN where they actually did cut out parts of innings because nothing happened. And they condensed huh. the game down to like an hour and a half or so oh, from like a three hour game by just sort of clipping out certain parts. Like 
if a pitcher, you know, a pitching change happened, they'd cut out from right when the manager was walking out to the first pitch from when the new pitcher, like, actually pitched it. That's not bad. That's sort of like, you know, increasing the pace of mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. in post, but right. mm, uh, kind of useful still, at least for, if you're in a hurry, right, you don't have forever to watch a game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess, do is it worth our time to watch baseball when our team isn't winning is it still entertaining um i think it can be i watched the game or well at least part of the game um from two days ago was reds versus pirates um and joey Votto got a home run in the eighth inning which was very cool and it tied the games they actually went into extra innings um and they lost in the 10th inning um because the pirates got a double and um got a home run so but it was you know it was um that was interesting because it was like oh they have a chance to win this one you know it's tied five to five and then you got to go to extra innings so that but there was a little bit of uh excitement um and anxiety i guess there well that wasn't the only excitement though between the reds and the pirates this weekend uh you sent me i think an article Mm -hmm. from espn again um, I don't think I've ever spent this much time on ESPN.com ever in my <laughs> they whole thank life. Thank you for your so, for your ad yeah, revenue. I, <laughs> I am I've hit my quota for the year, honestly, I yeah. think. Um so you've reached your limit there, of th- three, I, three articles. It's gonna be it's gonna be blocked from now on. There are images of Yasiel Puig uh, I guess quote unquote picking a fight with the uh the whole team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the whole team trying to like peel him off of he basically a, decided a re- to fight the entire pirates all of the pirates well and and not just like modern day pirates like they look like not okay not not even like i guess you know ye olde pirates but like pirates in oh, their 1970s the from pittsburgh i would be okay with that just a lot of you know dreadlocks and uh yeah, rum. Ra- raggedy clothes and <laughs> you know chains and and stuff It'd be hard to run to bases, but, eh. but they look really good. I mean, this is a very classic looking Pirates jersey with their sort of like rounded caps and stuff. It's a it's a good look, but he's, he seems like he jumped through a time portal and went back and wanted to fight the Pirates. Um, mm. Do you do you know what happened here? Like what caused all of this to happen? I do. Yes. So um, basically this was on uh, Sunday's game. Um, the Reds left fielder Derek Dietrich. Um, got a home run that actually was a grand slam because it went into the river. Um, and when he hit it, he st- um, stuck around. He stood in the batter's box for a moment, a period of time, sort of admiring the uh, the great hit that he did. Um, and this, which, I mean, seems fair, right? Like, it's not every day you hit a grand slam into the river. Well, hold so. on. Let me roll that back. Let's redefine grand slam. Grand slam is when the the bases are all loaded oh, I'm and sorry. four runs score. So this is, I mean, yeah, outside the park home run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess all home runs should be outside the park. If you call them home runs, you well, can call them inside like, the park home runs. Well, this, this is, is like a splash. Hit. He hit it out of the stadium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yes. I think that's a, out of the bounds of the stadium. Uh, yeah. And I guess it's so cold in Pittsburgh. There aren't, any folks in the water waiting for those balls? They don't. They don't expect them to get out no, there. No, I, I don't think you'd want to be in that river anyway. Yeah. Okay, that's that's 
I, I guess I haven't been there, but oh, out in um, San Francisco, they have the little cove area, and when folks hit them over the wall, they're there, they're waiting, they're they're ready to get hmm. get the balls that splash hit. So interesting. And, you know, yeah. yeah, there's. So anyway, he he hit he hit the ball out of the park. Did a home run. Yeah, admired his that. work. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and this apparently um, annoyed the Pirates pitcher Chris Archer. Um, so the next time that Dietrich was up to bat, Archer pitched behind his back. So basically, not at all into you know the strike zone, but behind uh, the batter, which is not good. And so uh, let's let's talk dangerous. about let's talk about retaliation first. So yeah. as a part of this story. Um, when someone hits a home run against you, there is nothing written saying like, okay, now the next time that you're, you know, there's an, another batter up there, you throw the ball at their head or you, you know, try and right. hit them with the ball or you throw it into the stands yeah. or whatever, you wild pitch it. Nothing. <laughs> there's nothing about that saying that you have to do this, but it's sort of an old timey, unwritten baseball feeling that you have where you're like, I'm going to stand up for my team and say, you know what? Don't I don't like what your other player did. Don't do that. And you do that by throwing a pitch towards the other batter and making it unhittable, but also not incredibly dangerous to where you're gonna, you know, knock that person out. And that just happens. It happens when your player is hit, you know, with a pitch uh semi-intentionally like they're just pitching in and in and in and in and then it sort of like hits off your knee or your elbow or something mm -hmm. um the next time that you're up to bat your pitcher is going to throw one in and and you know being the guy on the back or whatever it's gonna right there there is that that sort of back and forth as well a lot less so for home runs honestly so to see this is really weird uh for me it, but it but, seems but very petty it, to be honest, it, it is it is very petty. So take it from there. So they've thrown the ball behind the batter, like not not you say behind. This is way behind and yeah. in the dirt. It's a bad pitch, mm -hmm. right? So he threw the ball behind the batter, and the umpire immediately. I like how quickly he pulls his helmet off and walks towards the um, pitcher's mound and points at Archer and gives him a warning. Um, but this did not satisfy the Reds manager, David Bell, who stormed out onto the field and um, started tearing into the umpire, basically demanding that Archer be ejected rather than simply giving being given a warning. Right. Um, and then uh, at that point, lots more people started coming out of the dugout onto the field from both sides. And then it kind of... They, some articles referred to this as a brawl. It was not a brawl. There wasn't really much fighting. It was just sort of two opposing groups of people pushing each other back and forth. Um, there wasn't that much actual violence. Um, uh, so someone, Yasiel Puig came out and he was quite angry. And um, actually Joey Votto was holding him back for a while and trying to talk him down. And then at some point, um, things seemed to be calming down. The sides were returning to their respective dugouts. And um, Yasiel Puig decided that that was his moment, and he managed to get away from two other Reds players who were trying to hold him back and ran at the rest of the uh, the Pittsburgh team. Um, and that's what the the iconic picture that someone's taken, which I saw someone tweet and said, someone please hang this up and replace the Last Supper with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> just showing Yasiel Puig trying to just the battle battle it out for his new team. Uh, right. Yeah. So okay, you. I'm sure you've seen hockey fights. You know, yeah. you just sort of like it's it's a part of the game. Baseball fighting is not. I would say it. Yeah, in, it's in very unusual. To, it is very very unusual, but tensions are high oftentimes in baseball uh, because of all of the micro decisions that need to be made. And when they boil over like this, there are two options basically that the umpire has. The one that was applied here was I warn the pitcher and then I warn the bench. And those two things were basically saying like the next time anything happens, whoever is the person who is, you know, doing the infraction or whatever, throwing the ball at the person, near the person, whatever, purposefully, that person's going to get thrown out. That is oftentimes what happens in in these scenarios. It's very rare for a a situation like this for them to just immediately throw them out. That was his other option. You know, you can absolutely. But I I feel like what, what if the the intent was not to throw it behind the player. I mean, as the person watching, you know, we don't really see all the context. We don't hear what they're saying at the plate. We don't hear what the pitcher's saying. We don't see what they do during that home run. We just see the trot, right? And so, like, we don't understand the, the whole context of what's going on on the field. Um, but the umpire has the right to, you know, whatever happens, you could throw a player out. That's fine. Um, I... When this kind of thing happens, though, it kind of goes out the window. When all the players start pouring onto the field, not only from the dugouts, I don't know if you caught this, but also from the bullpens, like out in the outfield, they're all running in, all trying to like be a part of whatever fight is going on. Like they couldn't just sit (laughs) out there and be like, "There, there are 22 guys already up there. I do not need to be a part of this. Why Why go run all the way from the bullpen in the outfield? And if there was really a fight, like if there was a reason to fight each other, shouldn't you just come out of the bullpen and start fighting each other out in the outfield? Like have little, you know, bouts kind of all over the place? That's not, that's not what's happening. It's all kind of for show. It's a little bit of theater, I would say. And a lot of testosterone and a lot of like grandstanding and, you know, trying to say what I've, you know, had the right to, stare at the home run like that's oh it 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 is not my favorite part of baseball for sure but you know when you're at the stadium it's so rare to see something like this and this is something too that they do show on tv like they'll continue to show this some stuff that they don't show on tv like people running onto the field or Mm -hmm. uh you know stuff like that that that's not going to get shown they're going to cut straight to either commercial or away from it or to the commentators, whatever. But when baseball players are fighting each other, they totally put that on TV. That's why there are so many photos of this. It, it's, right. a fun, it's a really funky part of the game. I'm interested to see, because this was on Sunday, yesterday, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see what happens with this and whether the MLB brings down any, like, hey, you know, you're suspended for one game and here's the fine you have to pay or anything like that. Sometimes that happens after this, but not always. Right, because three Reds players and two Pirates players got ejected. Um, n- not the pitcher or the batter involved, though, which I thought was interesting, but I guess that's how it goes. Right. 
Yeah. It's it's mostly like, you know, we've already warned them and everyone else who's pouring out of the dugout now are the ones who are starting to like could potentially injure other players. And so like, I don't know this photo with Puig, like if this makes the rounds enough and it shows, you know, him laying a punch into that guy near home plate, like who knows that, that could be, that could be a fine. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's silly. I think the retribution part though is particularly silly to me. Um, and I've had I been the umpire, probably would have just thrown the guy out immediately. I'd be like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> like, d- d- we're all adults here. We don't. We don't. We're not toddlers. We don't. You know, we don't get mad when someone, you know, takes our toy or gets a home run on us. Right. Right. Just play exactly. the game. Yep. Like they won the game ultimately. So, like, what does it matter? I don't. Yeah. I. Uh, I Giants have been a part of these types of things before. And the one that stands out to me was an instance where uh, Hunter Strickland, who was a closer slash, you know, relief pitcher from the bullpen, came in and buzzed one by a player who, I, I, I forget like why this happened, but it was definitely retribution, right? Like it was it was against a player who, uh, maybe was a part of somebody getting hit in a previous at bat. Something happened, but he straight up like was pitching from the mound and then charged the batter and like went in to just punch the heck out of his his head, and it ended up like putting other Giants players on the DL because he was like reaching back and trying to get his players off of him so he could beat the heck out of. The other team and it's like when you're putting your other when you're putting players on your team at risk to just just to like grandstand with no official rule here for like what went wrong or why you're doing what you're doing it just feels so misguided and not a part of of the game that it, i mean this is when we're talking about pace of play like this mm-hmm. is it right this is this is something yeah, this that wasted MLB a lot of should, time well, MLB should should take a stand on this if they really care about this. Why put timers on pitches and why talk about robotic umpires? Like ban fighting from the game and say <laughs> if you do if you do this and you don't like the manager right, like, can come you, out, but if, if you march out of the dugout when it's not when you're not like about to take the field or bat, like that's that everyone it. gets a fine. Anyone yeah. who walked out on the field gets fined. And like, that's, that's what, obviously if the whole team comes out, then, you know, you can't skip a game or whatever, but (laughs) Hey, you know what? Fine. That's, they need to figure something out because like, it's, I I understand that it's like, you know, old timey baseball folks are going to be like, Oh, this is, this is just what happens. And, you know, oftentimes nobody gets hurt, but still come on. Like this is, it's silly to see this kind of thing. And it's really silly, especially when you've got, young players or young fans of the game who are like, oh, you know, I love I love watching these players. And it's right. the beginning of the season. Like it's it's like people who watch NASCAR for the crashes. A hundred percent. Yes. It's it is rare, but when it does happen, boy, is it glorified. Like in this ESPN.com article is exactly it. It's like they are 
they are just not necessarily glorifying it, but they are definitely putting it on blast like they're talking about it and they're not coming up with solutions. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with fighting and baseball, but it's like one of those things that until you see it happen in a game, you don't remember that it exists. Like you think about baseball as chess. It'd be like if a chess match all of a sudden, like you took my pawn and I reach over the table and clock you in the face. Right. Just like flip the chess board. And- <laughs> yeah. Throw a fit. Like, yeah. oh, I guess Fish- Fisher threw a tantrum this time. Guess he can't play next round or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not a thing. So d- come on, baseball, get it together. Um. Uh, all right. Baseball. Well, uh, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's it's a lot. It really can be a lot. And I'm I'm glad that like there is real baseball happening, and I'm glad that players are fired up about it. But don't do it, guys. Just don't. Yeah. Um. I do think that it means that we are going to talk about the minor league team of the week for this week. Keep things short. And uh, and highlight the minor league team of the week this week is the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. All right, I'm going to mm, let me let me think. I'm not looking at the logo yet. Oh, Iron Pigs, it's great. I'm gonna go. Can I go with like a? I'm thinking like the front of a train, like mm. uh, like an iron grate situation where it's like mm. charging forward. Almost, maybe, maybe not. There is a sort of aggressive charging kind of look to it, but there's not a like grill or a grate or anything like that. Okay, a a literal iron pig. Yes, it's very literal. In keeping um, with the theme that we established last week of having like compound names, because last week with the sod poodles, this is the iron pigs, the Lehigh Valley iron pigs, which are based based out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. and so the name, as it turns out, is a reference to pig iron, which is a component of steel manufacturing, which is uh, what Lehigh Valley is apparently, Wikipedia says, world-renowned for. <laughs> I wasn't aware right. that the Le- Lehigh Valley was world-renowned for really anything, but uh, I suppose I was wrong. It seems like it would be a lot to also ship the, the pig iron. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Right. But the logo is very good. It's quite literally an iron pig. Um, there's some rivets in it as well, just to drive home the the point, I think. But yeah. The Lehigh Valley Iron too. Pigs. They play at Coca-Cola Park. Um, and I'm surprised that that's not the name of a bigger park. But uh, Well, the Giants have the big old Coca-Cola bottle in the outfield. I don't know if you've... They've had that since the park opened. And hmm. I... It's always been, I mean, before this podcast started, you played the PlayStation 2 sound effect for it starting up. And like, that's what the PlayStation 2 reminds me of. It's right. Yeah, it's right there with that like snare brush. It's it reminds me very much of the park opening and that big old Coca-Cola bottle being the thing that they could actually render in, like, EA's Major League Baseball game at the time. I forget what the name is. Somebody correct me, please. But mm. they they were able to finally, you know, make something like that. And it was super recognizable. And it probably said Cola-Cola or something like that on it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the only... You would think. You would think. 
But don't you think Coca-Cola should be putting their name on a major league stadium? Like Coca-Cola does sponsor a major league stadium, but it's not called the Coca-Cola Park. It's Minute Maid Park that they sponsor at the major league level. And I don't know why it's not Coca-Cola Park. (laughs) They have so much money that they're putting a subsidiary brand onto a major league stadium. Right. Like that's I, that's they, how much they might, that's how they much call it like you money they have. They should change it every year to whatever their lowest performing brand is just to get people's awareness of it up. Like one year it's mellow yellow park. <laughs> Eight ounce cans of Diet Coke Park. Right. <laughs> Diet Coke with Splenda Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean the, just trying to push a new brand. Every Mr. every Pib. single time, Mr. Pib Park. Hey, I'm all I'm super on that for sure. <laughs> well, because then when you have Pib, then when you have extra innings, you call them Pib extra innings. Yeah, that's good with the X and the dash. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. 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 Now I just got to look up Coca Cola so- sodas that they still have. Surge Park. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would that yeah keeps you up all night. Right. Okay, Soda Park. We're going to have to save that for the end of the show because uh, that's it for this one. Um, You, though, can find links to everything that we talked about and I guess watch videos of people fighting each other if you want uh, over at goodstuff.fm slash baseline. And uh, do us a favor, check out some of the other shows over there, especially Andrew's new show. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. No, but what's the name of the show? Well, okay, uh, <laughs> fine. It's a good one. Go, gotcha. Go ch- for more goofs like that one. For more go, goofs. Go listen. <laughs> we use the soundboard much more liberally in that show. It is true. And and I don't know. I, I was listening to it. And I'm like, man, people probably don't know that Andrew's the one that is triggering all these sounds. It probably sounds like, well, you know, no. based on, Aaron on, has on his my own previous. Soundboard. The, the yeah, thing that that's people true. will have to learn is which sounds are from me and which sounds are from Aaron because we have different sounds. <laughs> oh, now see, if you listen to this show, you would kind of, you'd have at least a little bit of insight into that. Mm. You have to listen to the broader uh, uh, podcast universe. <laughs> so the entire the entire Good Stuff canon does inform other parts of, of the Good Stuff experience, I guess. I've been waiting for this. It's a lot. Folks, it really Folks, is. Uh, you can also uh, become a patron. We would appreciate it. It goes to both support this show and uh, pay for that opening day stream that we did with that very expensive brand new game. Would appreciate it <laughs> if you would. Patreon.com slash good stuff. Toss us a buck a month and you'll get access to things like uh, the extra innings uh, between when we start this show and then after we finish recording the proper show, which is what you're currently listening to right now. It's a lot of, I guess, what today's topic. Today's topic is going to be Coca-Cola brands, ones that have failed. Unless we veer off into something different, which is almost certainly going to happen. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Um, and that's pretty much it. You can, I guess, leave a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening yeah, to this we, podcast. We appreciate it. We're not going to be the kind of people that are like, please rate and review and share the show and whatever. But, you know, if you um, let's say that you're waiting at Great Clips for a haircut and you don't have anything to do for like 15 minutes, just drop a drop a review in there. 
official sponsor of Major League Baseball. Yes, indeed. Uh, I think they they do have the contract for that, right? They're like the one official haircut or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Well, no, I I actually think that's the case because you can walk in now and get you can get one and they'll have your hair on file. Like not the not your your actual literal. They'll have like they'll they'll have what cut you got last time so that whoever is cutting your hair this Mm -hmm. time uh, has the the template. I guess they just open a. CSV and they know what inches you got. I don't know how that works. But whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> but that's it. Uh, we appreciate you listening and we'll be back again next week. This has been Baseline and that's the ball game. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this game without the express written consent of goodstuff.fm is prohibited.